What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Brooklyn Summer. Every four seconds, a child disappears somewhere in the world. Imagine a family's pain when a child's been stolen. Human trafficking is a global epidemic. Voices Against Trafficking speaks for victims who are locked in a world of hopelessness. Broken Treasures, You Hold the Key is a music compilation featuring artists and celebrities who want to save the world's children. Right now, you can help save someone's child. Go to VoicesAgainstTrafficking.com today. Proceeds benefit child victims. We can free them, but you hold the key. Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Well, this is episode 135, and the final one of the year. So we hope you're enjoying your holidays, and we've got a very, very special guest tonight. And I'm, I'm so glad to have Robin Ruddy. I've been wanting to have you on this podcast for a long time. Robin, welcome. Thank you, David. It's so <laughs> nice to be here. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Robin before we go on. She is a thriving career here in Nashville. She's a musician, entrepreneur, working songwriter, uh, touring musician, session musician in quite great demand. Plays in like six bands right now. Crazy. <laughs> Studio owner owns the uh, parlor here on Music Row, in the heart of Music Row. Uh, does some real estate. Um, everything she does is for the music. She's been on tour with uh, folks like Rod Stewart and uh, Shania Twain and Ray Stevens. You had... Amazing times on the road, haven't you? I have, I have. I've been all over the world. My guitar, my my instruments have taken me all over the world. And speaking of instruments, about everything with a with a string you play, right? Well, I play pedal steel, banjo, dobro, wow. guitar, um, and a few other sundry things that are not my primaries. Uh, <laughs> I have always heard, and you and correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always heard that the pedal steel is one of the hardest instruments to play in the world. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Because you got the pedals everywhere, yeah, the knees. You, you've and... got both. You got both feet in action, both knees in action, and both hands in action. That's crazy. And um, and I can't walk at you gum at the same time, so yeah. I could never. I have no uh, no hope at all. But it, uh, yeah. it's it's so cool though. It's just such a cool instrument. It can do so many interesting things. Oh sure. The way the 
the chords and the notes just morph into something else because of yeah. the pedals. Yeah. It's really neat. It, you can make it cry. It yeah. Just, you know, oh, you yeah. know, I just love that instrument. And I remember as a little kid, uh, you know, my, my, my father bought uh, that Modern Sounds in Country Music by Ray Charles. And that's when I first fell in love with, with yeah. the, the pedal steel. And, and I, oh, it's just the way it cries, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always loved that instrument for sure. Is that what you played on the road uh, too when you were out there with Rod Stewart and them? Yeah, yeah I yeah. played. Well, Rod hired me for the pedal steel. Uh-huh. He was getting uh, ready to tour an album that he had just recorded called Still the Same. Uh-huh. And it was a bunch of... Um, cover songs rock songs from or cover tunes from the 70s which had some pedal steel in it yeah and so he was looking for um particularly if he could find one a steel player a female steel player and because he likes to have women in his band and his band was about half women and half men Okay. And um, so once I got out, got the gig and got out on the road, he figured out that I could play banjo and dobro and wow. all, guitar and all these other things. So he worked me into the show mm-hmm. on all of the instruments wow. eventually. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So what was he so like cool. to work with? I mean, what a legend, you know? I know. It was, yeah. it was I mean, amazing. Yeah. It was good times. Good times. Yeah. I even heard uh, on a recent podcast that you did that uh, you played for, uh, uh, he's now the king, but was the prince at one time. Well, I didn't play well, Charles? Yeah, Prince, Prince Charles. Prince Charles. Prince Charles was doing a patron dinner, ah. and Rod Stewart was the the musical act that was okay. that was you know performing for this big twenty five hundred dollars a plate dinner, <laughs> wow. and um, it was a fundraiser. Yeah, and so we got to meet Prince Charles and Camilla. Amazing, and and. At the, I got a picture. Like at the end of the gig, they said, "Come on, let's go take some pictures." And and it was almost like a reverse receiving line where the band and the crew stood in line, and and the prince and and duchess came uh-huh. and spoke to each and every one of us individually. Wow! And I guess there was a camera crew around because the next thing I know, I got a link to all these pictures. Wow! From that, and I got a, I got them. So you got cool pictures. With I've got a picture with with <laughs> me laughing at something he said. I mean, it was really funny. That is so amazing. Wow. Well, yeah. music has taken you great places, hasn't it? It has taken me great places. Yeah. Yeah. I also heard you say uh, that everything you did was, was to, to help you uh, continue on with the music. Uh, so I know music's so important to you. Yeah. Uh, and maybe you can share with us a little bit about um, what you meant by that. Well, I, um, yeah, I've always known from probably from when I was 10 or 11 really? what I wanted to be. When Growing I up, up in Miami, right? Yeah, grew up in Miami. Uh-huh. And, um, and so I just have always tried to figure out my, to organize my life somehow so that whatever I did to make money, if I wasn't making enough money playing music, I would do something that was, um, flexible enough that I could continue to play music. So I've done some, a lot of times I've just done nothing but music, Mm -hmm. but there are times when I've had to have some supplement Something so that's sure. where all, and I think we all do, you know. Yeah. I mean, as musicians, you, you and that's where my entrepreneurial drink, uh, genes yeah. started to grow and, and uh, come out. And I started all these businesses along the way to yeah. support what was going on, and it's been great. And ultimately, I ended up uh, with my husband. We started a real estate firm, Larry Sheridan. Larry Sheridan, uh-huh. and um, we started a real estate firm called Music Row Realty, and our our niche is the people in the music business wow. helping okay. helping them yeah. buy and sell houses and whatnot and that led to acquiring the parlor 
Uh, yeah, okay. no, no, no. We just we just made we just did the parlor separately. Separately from yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. That the beautiful studio. real estate firm was after that. Yeah. Um yeah, the the parlor was we bought that house from Randy Travis and Lib Hatcher. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Back in the late nineties. Okay. And we gutted it to the studs wow. and took the roof off, added a whole second floor oh my. of offices and blew out the back and added the studio. So it was a ground up construction of a studio. And it's just an amazing, amazing place to create. I toured it once when mm-hmm. you first opened. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. awesome. Can't wait yeah, to Yeah, I, I think you're going to be coming in and recording there I, soon. I would love that. Yeah. It'd be an honor. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about your songwriting. You, first of all, I, I, I want to talk about this new project you have because we, we lost Larry not too long ago and it's so sad and tragic. Um, and so this whole new project has been kind of, well, healing happens, but it's been a healing thing for you, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's extremely yeah. healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The songs just, um, well, they started off bef- when he was sick and I wanted mm-hmm. to, I don't know, it just, just came to me to write something yeah. that was a healing type of a chant. It just... It just came out of the sky one day when I was walking from the hospital room to the long skywalk to my car mm. in the parking garage, and and um, and so that kind of kicked it off. And then I started writing all these songs that were relating to healing. And then yeah. once he passed, then I started writing these songs about what the the experience of you know what it was like and the, all the different things you go through right. when you're grieving someone, mm-hmm. and. Um, and then I, and then by the time I, almost a year later, I went, wow, I have this body of music and it all has a, a thread going through it. Mm-hmm. And I decided to go ahead and put it together and put out an album of it because it was just, I don't know, the songs are really strong. Yes, they are. Um, they're, they're all solo rights. I, they're just, you know, just, they were kind of channeled. Yeah. In some way, it just, I, I heard you say something about how Larry was with you uh, yeah. through the whole process. It was yeah. almost like we were still communicating after he passed Isn't through these something? through some of these songs. It was just like, yeah, it's almost like I'm talking to him in in the songs. I only met him once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. I just remember him being such a great guy. Yeah, he was. What he a was terrible, great boss. guy. Yeah, it was cancer. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say it like I always say on the radio, cancer sucks. And, yeah, uh, it does. I lost a brother to cancer and um it's just it's just so tragic. Yeah. This is an important record and I think because anybody who's lost someone uh could could find healing through this this record. And I also not not only are the songs great and sonically it's so great, but I think it's really a great love story. Mm-hmm. It really is, Robin. And you are to be congratulations. I'll, I, I want to tell you a couple stories about like yeah. after people have heard it. Please do. Um, one of them is, um, okay, my friend lost his dad um, and of course his mother lost her husband mm. um, about the same time that yeah. Larry passed. And so I, I gave him the um, the record and then he played it. He just recently played it for his mother. Mm. And she was busy. She said, I don't know. I don't have time to sit down and listen to a whole record. And and uh, he said, well, that's okay. We'll just put it on in the background and you yeah. can, you know go do whatever you have to do, clean your house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so after the, after the second song came on, she stopped what she was doing and went over to the computer where the speakers were, pulled her chair up close to the speakers and just got involved in the record. She wanted to hear it from mm. that point on. She was hooked. She was hooked. And yeah. they, they sat and listened to the whole thing together at the very end, until the very end. And, and then she got done listening to it and she said, 
she, well, she just covered all the bases. Mm. That is so good. She said everybody in the world needs to hear that record. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was really special. And then another story is that one lady said after she listened to it, she said, I just love that project. She said, it made me go home and just be nicer to my husband. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's so. You know, I'd like to do it. Let's play the uh, let's play the title cut. This is uh, the album is is the healing happens. Romney you played all the instruments on this, pretty much. Yeah, I did not play the harmonica or the fiddle, okay. or the bass or drums. Bass or drums. But yep. I played all the other. I played pedal steel and guitars and dobro awesome. and banjo, all of that stuff. We'll talk more about how it all yeah. comes together. But let's listen to it. This is healing happens. Title cut of the new Robin Ruddy CD and our guest on the Songwriter Connection. Just amazing, it is. It's perfectly done, Robin. Thank you. 
Thank you. Really, really a great song. Thank you. It happens a tear at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's really important to let those tears out, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It sure is. I, uh, like I said, I lost my brother to cancer and uh, so took it extremely, sorry. extremely hard. So I can't imagine, like, so only sorry. begin to imagine what you went through. But uh, healing does happen, doesn't it? Yeah. It just takes time. Yeah, and it's never going to probably ever be the same, mm. you know, as it was. It's mm. just going to be a new, it's just a different thing now. Yeah. Yeah. We're all about the process of writing and mm-hmm. um, a cathartic project, uh, project for sure. Uh, did the songs just seem to flow out? Completely. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I had a lot to say. Yeah. Because they just just flowed out. I mean, it's, I've never had experienced that before. Usually writing lyrics is kind of not that hard, but it's not like this. This yeah. just came. Just rolled right on out. Fully baked, you know. It was amazing. Because it needed to be written. You know, I really do. It needed to be written. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just like the emotions. It really, all these songs are just about the emotions. Sure. And, well, and, and that's what music is. Music is emotion. It is. Yeah. And so the emotions were so heightened when I was going through it. I guess the songs sure. just, they like you said, they just needed to be written. Yeah. It, and that's my way. I think everybody deals with grief in a different way. I think so too. And um, everybody's got different um, avenues that they can choose to right. use to get, get it process like writing in your journal or mm-hmm. um doing um um you painting yeah. or, you know walking yeah. or talking to therapists or whatever it is mm-hmm. but in my case songwriting is has always been my therapy yeah and it's just a great way for me to express whatever it is i need to express and you know you can try to disguise it in a story if you want or you can just go ahead and just say it is what it is you find your way you uh, find your way you really do it i just can't imagine what it have been like if you didn't have a creative bone in your body to deal with that what you know um there's some you have to somehow you'd yeah. have to somehow figure yeah. it out yeah, there's so. books and you know i read a lot of books and yeah. i did some group uh, grief counseling and yeah. and i actually met some people in that group that we still get together mm-hmm. as often as we can. Yeah. We used to do it once a month, and then one of the girls moved out to um, Pennsylvania. So now every time she comes into town, we meet together. It's important to share, share yeah. grief as well. Yeah, we all kind of started our journey at the same time. Mm-hmm. So It's awesome. Yeah. And they must love this record, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Not what it takes. Not all uh, depressing, down. Uh, no. There's some really neat songs on here. Yeah, that, there's uh, some up, upbeat things yeah. and up-tempo, fun, silly things. Yeah. yeah. Um, like yeah. Every little thing that you do <laughs> for me, you know. Yeah. That was such a cool song. I think that was the first one I heard from this record. Yeah. And um, I, and you've got your guitar, and I'm just wondering if maybe you can play that for us live and mm-hmm. tell us about um, that, that song and the writing okay. of that song. Well, that song, um, you know, when you lose somebody that you live with, you don't really have any idea mm-hmm. of what they do in the relationship. They just things get done, and you're a team, and one person does this, and another person does that, and you think to yourself, "I'm doing everything," but you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess what? You're not. Mm-hmm. And so that's what um, just this song came to me because, it, of course, right after after he passed then everything starts to break and uh. he he was the one that always fixed stuff and um 
So I had to figure out how to do all these different things or who to call. And and I'm sure anybody who's lost anybody understands this. Yeah. Could be overwhelming. It's pretty overwhelming. And so um, this song came out of that. It's called Every Little Thing. Robin live around the dining room table. you did that you did you did it for me keeps coming up every day every day every day there's something i need yard needs a mowing car needs a fixing and the dogs aren't digging up the dirt refrigerator's buzzing i don't know why if you were here you'd make it work every little thing that you did that you did that you did you did it for me keeps coming up every day every day every day there's something i need dinner for two dinner for dinner for one and a glass of wine at the end of a long long day I got a problem I can't figure out I want to know what you'd say Every little thing that you did That you did, that you did You did it for me Keeps coming up every day Every day, every day There's something I need Guitar, folks. You play that thing. <laughs> Thank Man. you. Yeah, great song. Every little thing, and Thank it's you. from the new uh, record, which is called Healing Happens, and one you just absolutely have to hear. Let's talk about the string instruments. Which was your first uh, instrument, Robin? I started off when I was just a little itty bitty, tight, yeah. Yeah. Um, playing the ukulele. Ukulele, okay. Ukulele. How old were you? I was seven. Seven, okay. Mm-hmm. Seven, yeah. I think, somewhere around that. Uh-huh. Then when I was eight, my mom got me piano lessons, mm-hmm. and which was great because I learned the foundation of music, how to read, and all of that stuff. And a little then, bit of the theory, right? You know? mm-hmm, yeah. Music theory, all yeah. that. Yeah. And then my um, sister had a guitar, uh-huh. and I wanted to learn how to play the guitar, and so she told she showed me a few things and then my parents said well if you learn how to play three because i wanted a guitar okay they said if you learn three songs before christmas we'll get you a guitar for christmas <laughs> wow so they they gave me a challenge and um and i did i learned the three songs before christmas and uh, do christmas what day were? do i remember what songs they were yeah no. just curious no <laughs> i, I learned three <laughs> i wish i did that was fun. <laughs> 
I'm sure some folk songs or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. something simple. Yeah. But, um, yes, yeah, so that was my first audition that I passed. And you passed? Yeah, I passed and it. For, you got your first guitar? Got my first guitar. Yeah. It's 7, 11, uh, 7, 8 uh, I was probably about 10 by then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I just kept on going from there. Yeah. I remember uh, my brother and I both got guitars. I was 11. He was 9 uh-huh. uh, for Christmas one year. It was the best gift my folks could ever give us. Ever. The gift of music, right? The gift of music. Yeah. yeah. So. And I was trying to pass that along to my um, my little grand nephews and nieces. Uh-huh. And I got them ukuleles. Did you? Yeah, yeah I got them ukuleles. And they don't, I don't live in the same city, mm-hmm. so we would have had to do this on Zoom. But I was yeah. going to teach them how yeah. to do it on Zoom. That's cool. And um, and I just think they put them away. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think that they took to that. But one of them is taken to the piano. Okay. So she's she's doing pretty well on the piano. So that's good. That is very good. Yeah. And so guitar, and then from there, where'd you go? The guitar, then I learned how to play. I met somebody that played some bluegrass, ah. and I had never heard bluegrass before. Oh man! And so I got way into bluegrass. Did and you? Flat picking, oh, you know, the yeah. Lester Flint, that. Yeah. that kind of thing. Oh. And, um, so that that just lit my fire on just learning all of those songs, all those bluegrass songs. And then, of course, I'm in a bluegrass band playing a rhythm guitar, and everybody gets to do a solo except for the rhythm guitarist. <laughs> and I wanted to play an instrument where I could do solos. Sure. And, and so I decided to get the, a banjo and learn how to play the banjo. And I got the banjo probably when I was around 19, something like that. Uh-huh. Did you take to it quickly? Yes, very quickly. Yeah, the the banjo player in our band showed me how to play Cripple Creek. That was the first song I learned. Oh, Cripple Creek. And okay. showed me how to, you know, the picks. So it was a very foreign thing, the finger picks and all yeah, that, learning yeah. the rolls. Yep. But I was, I just loved to practice. So I would just sit around all day long at any minute that I had mm. and practice and wow. got good at it. Yeah, I'll say. And, um, and then I, later on... I guess I was in my mid-twenties, I decided that bluegrass was a limiting, it, it just seemed like such a limited market share of the big picture of music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I always loved the sound of the pedal steel, mm. but somebody told me, I don't know, so there was this perception, this limiting belief that I had that I that you'd had to be really co- coordinated to play the pedal steel. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't do it for a while i just loved the sound of it and enjoyed it and then i was went going back to college and taking classical guitars i was on the classical track Mm -hmm. and taking classical guitar and my teacher my guitar teacher said robin you are the most coordinated student i've ever had wow and i went (laughs) ding 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 Uh, (laughs) you know i can do this (laughs) she said that and what i you know what i took from that is oh wow maybe i can play the pedal steel because that's what i really wanted to do I didn't really want to learn how to play classical guitar. Yeah. I wanted to play the pedal steel. So I just right after that, I got my pedal steel, first steel, and signed up for lessons with Buddy Charlton, Mm. who was with Ernest Hub and the Texas Troubadours back in the uh, Buddy Charlton. And um, (laughs) I still take lessons from one of the best. Yeah, he was was (laughs) so good. Wow. Um, Leon Rhodes was the the guitar player, and they did all these twin bebop kind of things together. It was so cool. Awesome sounds. Yeah. So he was my mentor for steel. How about that? That was really one of the few instruments that I definitely took a took time and got a mentor for mm-hmm. most of the rest of it i just learned by ear and figured it out from books and records but 
The steel is complicated. Oh, I, I just can't. I imagine. couldn't quite wrap my head around how how it worked. So, uh-huh. so that was great. He was, when did it finally just something click that that, that you made the uh, when I got quantum it, leap? <laughs> when I got in what the, the, the all of a sudden it came together. You said it seemed so complicated. Oh, yeah. Well, during the I was studied with him for a year and a half. Yeah. So somewhere along that somewhere year and a half, yeah. it started to come together. I'll tell you how this, the lessons went. This is crazy. Okay. It's back in the cassette days. So we go and the, the, the pedal steel shop's in the back of a Harley Davidson dealership. Okay. So I get my steel out of the car, put it on the hand truck, and wheel my hand truck through the Harleys that are on display, hoping I don't knock Hope one you're not over. Going over. <laughs> and all the old men are looking at me and stuff, and I'm going, hi. <laughs> and, um, and I get back there and set up the steels, and we set up our steels facing each other uh-huh. and he so the lesson would go something like okay we're going to learn this little da 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 he would play something and then he says we're going to learn that and so it would start with okay put your bar on the third fret mm-hmm. put your left foot on the A and the B pedal and mash them down and then pick the the tenth and the eighth and the sixth strings and then let go of the A pedal and then let go of the B pedal <laughs> and that's the first move no, that's one. It. That's one thing. That, that's boing, you know? boing. That's cool. <laughs> and, wow. and then we would just walk. He would walk me through it step by step like that. Wow. Okay, now move your bar to the fifth fret, and then to play these strings, and then these this pedal configuration, and then let down the knee lever or, or add the knee lever, or whatever it was. <sighs> and it was all verbal. There was nothing written down. Mm. And so the, the lesson was approximately an hour long, and I would get, listen to that cassette on the way home because it was about the same amount of time to get home. Okay, You'd and I go, I reviewed it yeah. in my head the whole way home just to see if I could remember it. And then I'd go home and I'd set my steel up, uh-huh. and then go through the lesson again to review it again to make sure that I could remember what we did. And then I would play. Uh, I'd record a, lo- a guitar track with a click track with a drum machine. I had a drum machine at the time. Okay, and, play along with it. And to get it in rhythm, I'd record a really slow version of whatever it was, so that I could play it along to a guitar, so I could get the intonation right and the timing right. Yeah. And then midweek, I would record another version that was faster. And, mm-hmm. and by the time I got back around to the next lesson. I was pretty much on top of it. The song—that's dedication. Yeah, it was. It took a lot of de- dedication. Yeah, but I just loved it. I couldn't couldn't have been happier. Very cool story. Yeah. I want to talk about your songwriting journey next. We're going to take a little break, and okay. uh, we'll be back. Don't worry. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection. Connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. The incredible Robin Ruddy is our guest on the Songwriter Connection. New record out is called Healing Happens, and it's one I definitely recommend uh, you give a listen to. And I think you're going to just love it. I know you will, actually. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, um, please just click and subscribe because that helps us. Although we're not the video podcast yet, maybe someday we're looking at options. Um, but we do appreciate you because now we are approaching 
500,000 streams worldwide. And um, that's just amazing. That's thanks to you for spreading the word. That's and, incredible. Uh, yeah, isn't that something? Good for you. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. So I want to learn uh, more about your, your songwriting skills and, and when you first realized that uh, songwriting was, was something you wanted to do. Songwriting goes way back to those early days yeah. when I got, first got my guitar. I started writing songs. Right away? Right away when I got my guitar. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's just, and it goes back again to the feelings. It was it was a way for me to process my feelings. Yeah. I was kind of a shy kid. Yeah, me too. And um, so, and I don't know, I guess maybe one of the things we didn't really explore much in my family was how to express your feelings. Mm-hmm. And so I just figured out that that's how I could express my feelings was to write some, a song about it nice. and play it for who, what, whatever, whoever, and yeah. that would like communicate. It was a, a communication tool for wow, me okay. in the beginning. Wow. And then I did a bunch of songwriting studying. Mm-hmm. I went to New York and studied with Sheila Davis, and I studied with Pat Patterson, who's uh, oh, the yeah. head of Berkeley songwriting. Yeah, it's great books, Pat Patterson. Yeah, he is amazing. I learned a lot from Pat. And then you know, reading books and and um, and but really, what does it? What makes you a good songwriter? I think is just write thousands of songs yeah. and co-write. So I did a once. I moved to Nashville. That's what we do in Nashville. Is we co-write. You know, it's so true, and we we hit upon it on this show all the time. Even if you're not in Nashville. You can find co-writers. Yeah. And, and if you find people that have that like interest. See if there's an NSAI chapter uh, yes. near you, and you'll find people. Here in Nashville, it's easy. You know, Mark Allen Brown always says, people say, how do we find co-writers? And Mark says, well, in this town, you just toss a stone. <laughs> You're going to hit somebody that writes, uh, writes music. But I, it is important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. I, I learned a ton from doing that. And you know, you everybody's got their own style, and some people you won't click with. No, that's true. It, it's get, you got to find the right chemistry. But boy, when you do, it's just the songs are always better yeah. with more than one mind working on it. I agree. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. And so I've done for the last I don't know a couple decades uh, mm-hmm. done all this co-writing, yeah. and so this Healing Happens project is for the first time. I've ever done a full project of just my, just, just me writing. Because I think yourself. I've learned, I got mm-hmm. the craft of songwriting down yeah. by doing all of that. And then I had something to say, because that's the one thing you miss when you co-write is you're, you're, I would typically try to write the story of whoever is going to sing it. Like if I'm writing with an artist, mm-hmm. I figure out where their head's at and what, yeah. they, what, what is important to them. And we would write their story. Yeah. And I would help them craft uh, something that would be something they would want to sing. Yeah. And that's how you get cuts around here. <laughs> that's that's you write exactly with the right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Write with the artist. And uh, write what they want to write. And write what they want to write. And right. so this was the first project I think I've done in a million years that I just gave myself the gift of just saying what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it came out really honest and really... Um, that, just that's, poignant. That's what I love about this record, the honesty. Yeah. 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 And very poignant. Why don't we play another song from, you know, can I play one that I just really love? Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk about the monster in the closet. <laughs> Tell I me played about that. that on um, Halloween. Did oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have to, right? At Spookfest. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an interesting story, and tell us about it. Yeah, the monster in the closet, I just figure everybody has a monster in their closet mm-hmm. or somewhere mm-hmm. some demon of some sort yeah. and it can be and it can take the shape of um anything it could be grief it yeah. could be 
um, addiction. It could be yeah. just depression. It could be all kinds of things. But there's there's usually something that just I don't know. It's kind of there with you. It's your little compa- companion, whether you like it or not. <laughs> sometimes you do like it, and you don't want to let go of it. And sometimes you know you know it's not good for you. So. Yeah. That's that's what this song's about. Let's play it, all right? This is a Monster in Your Closet from the new album, uh, Healing Happens. Robin Ruddy is our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Interesting twist at the end. <laughs> There's a monster in the closet that's got a grip on me. A dark and dangerous demon that only I can see. Sometimes it makes me laugh, but it never sets me free. That monster in the closet, that monster in the closet, there's a Still the same Friends and family Look away But they still feel The pain Of the monster In the closet The monster In the closet monster that you crave <laughs> that's a really got me yeah uh, wow yeah cool song thank very you. cool song thank you. let's talk about the recording process where did you start with this I know this is a very special project so um well planning I, this out had to be just yeah I I did this whole thing bass backwards so <laughs> <laughs> how do you do it ass backwards <laughs> um I um Started off these songs were just with guitar vocal. Okay. And went in and recorded them as guitar vocals. Rin, they were raw. Okay. And when I just felt like I had to do it, I had to mm. get it get it down down so yeah. that it sounded good. Yeah. And then I developed all these 
more songs and more songs and then I started thinking oh wouldn't it be cool if that one had pedal steel on it and so I'd add a steel part yeah. and wouldn't that be cool if that one had a dobro part so I'd add a dobro thing or whatever and it, or it, so I start to add the color instruments yeah and then the the um it's starting to get flushed out and I just start adding harmonies and oh. um and then I started listening to the whole thing together and I thought you know what this really needs is a rhythm section. <laughs> <laughs> Which usually you start with, right? You, yeah, you should definitely start with a rhythm section and build on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, um, I hired a, a bass player and a drummer. I had played bass parts on everything, and then I thought, you know, I think it would be better if somebody that's really a bass player that would be able to do a better job. So I got a bass player and a drummer, and... Um, we did almost all the songs. We did, I think, 10 or 11 songs. And then, um, I, of course, when you play guitar to a click jack, it's different than when you play guitar to a human drummer and yeah. human bass player that's got, you know, there's, there's the dance that you do. There's yeah, this, there is. There's it musical just give and take and flux and, and kicks and things yeah. that that needed to be there on the guitars and need to match and need to match <laughs> yeah. so that led me to redoing the guitars on oh quite a few of them not all of them but uh-huh. quite a few of them and like like the every little thing song we can yeah. pl- that song used to be like every little ooh, every little thing that you did that you did that you did it was straight yeah and now it's every little thing that you did that you did that yeah, you did so it's got a bounce to yeah, it bounce. and that happened in the tracking session when we tracked the drums and bass and so, of course, I had to redo the vocal. I had to redo the guitars. <laughs> Starting over from scratch. Yeah. So yeah. it was, fortunately, I own a studio. So Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> which has got to be cool. Yeah, that's cool. So yeah. I can just go in and do it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, could, I would be consumed. I know that I would be spending all of my time. I, and I did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it was during the pandemic. Oh, sure. Well, that's... The whole thing happened during the pandemic. Well, that's... That yeah. was one fortuitous part of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I had all the time in the world. Oh, my. So how long did the project stay, uh, take? Well, it's... And I'm just talking about producing, not the writing. Yeah. Well, if you know, it's it's like the whole thing started yeah. with the writing. It yeah, started okay. in 2021. Yeah. Probably in March of 2021. Uh-huh. And maybe... And, and I didn't put it out until October 31st of 2023 so two and a half years mm, okay. i've been sitting on this thing for two and a half years and wow. tweaking it and doing the mixing and the um then then creating a marketing plan and but all the things there's a lot going that there's goes into it. people yeah. don't understand how much goes into creating music yeah. that's good you know or i mean any kind of music it just takes a lot of time in the studio it does yeah and to do one three minute song it could be representative of 30 hours or more or 50 hours. It's That's just crazy yeah. to it's, think about. That's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. just whatever. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. So. Mm, something else. Yeah. You've got a new project that you're working on. Early uh, 2024. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to come out. Some new, new, new music is going to be coming out from 16th Avenue Breakdown, which is a band that I'm with that does um, kind of... Um, Hippie grass meets seventies rock. I love it <laughs> because you know we always talk about creating your own genre. Yeah. on this podcast, don't lock yourself into something. But wow, what a cool mixture of stuff! And it is a really cool mixture. One of uh, 
everybody's really talented in this yeah. band. But one of the guitar players is he's just a shredder, yeah. and he just he's so good. <laughs> and I play banjo and pedal steel and um, some guitar on mm. that project. Yeah, and then Matt is the the that guitar player Matt Le, uh, Matt um, Stamps is the lead singer, and Kathy Stamps, his cousin, is the percussionist. Okay. And Scott Shively is the other guitar player and singer, and me. Wow. And so it's four of us, and then we we hired a bass player and a drummer to do... I got you. ...to do the album. So you play on around, uh, around Nashville these days with, with that band, or no? Uh, we don't have anything in the books. In the books. We're gonna, I think we're yeah. going to start in, in 2024, when, booking. Once, when the record is, is yeah. released. Give us a name again, 16th? 16th Avenue Breakdown. Breakdown. And it's... And 16th Avenue, folks, that's... Uh, we're talking Music Row. Yeah, right that's now. Music Row, and yeah. that's where we rehearsed. That's where we did all the writing. That's mm-hmm. where the studio is that we yeah. recorded it. So yeah. Yeah. we figured that was an appropriate... Did we record one. this one at the parlor? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, the parlor is on 16th Avenue. 16th Avenue. Yeah, okay. south. Yeah. You have seen Music Row change a lot oh my in the God. years that you've been here. Just since when you owned the studio. What, 2000, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah just since then. Just in the last five to ten years. It's just insane. Isn't it crazy how it's, you know, like little places I used to write with on the row are gone. <laughs> they're, and they're, they're not they're high-rises. They're high-rise apartments, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So when I, anybody visits and they want to see Music Row, I go, come on, uh, drive me down what used to be Music Row. I mean, yeah. it's still considered, but I mean, it's not like it was. Huh? Yeah. No, it's yeah. very different. Yeah. I drive around there and I look up <laughs> at the buildings and I go, I don't know where I am. I, where it happens am to me I? all the time. Yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's so disorienting. It really is. <laughs> it's funny. And now Bobby's Idol Hour, which has been a part of Music Row for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Now it's like, uh, it's like in between 16th and 17th, and uh-huh. there's all these high rises around going up. Yeah. And but it's, it's just, still that little place. It's just a little postage stamp of a place. I was just saying, last night I drove through the Gulch and I passed. Um, uh, the station, the station in, and it's you know, it's still I was shocked. The same. It's still the same, but everything around it is. Yeah, I, I'm like I know I'm coming up to it somewhere. Where, oh, yeah. there it is. Yeah, just yeah. look for the sky, <laughs> the one patch of sky <laughs> where you can see. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I imagine you played there a lot over the years. Huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, but um, I haven't played there lately. But that mm. might be a good place for 16th Avenue Breakdown to Ooh, play. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, CD release party. There mm-hmm. you go. I'll make that yeah. happen. I'll be there. Okay. You let me know. Okay, I will. I won't be there. (laughs) That sounds like an exciting project. Well, uh, I want to play another one from the record. Um, This one really hit me hard uh, listening to this. I love the song Carry On. And uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about that. And some will probably come to the end of the show today. Carry uh, on. Okay. Carry on. Well, um, carry on. <laughs> when you, you you know, when you go through this process, you, a lot of people come out of the woodwork mm-hmm. and to support you. It's really yeah. amazing and mm-hmm. really, really heartwarming. And I was just talking to an old friend that I hadn't seen or heard from in years and years. And he called up and we were talking and just enjoying catching up. And at the end of the conversation, he said, well, carry on. Mm. And so I thought, yeah, I guess I just need to. I mean, that's all I got left to do now is carry on. Mm. So that was that was our little thing. And he said that's what his dad used to tell him. Oh, wow. And um, so that's where the song that was the genesis of this song. So you knew that's going to be a song. Yeah, I knew that was going to be a song. Awesome. Well, let's listen to it. This is Robin Ruddy. From Healy Happens. 
on the Songwriter Connection Podcast. We had dreams. We had plans. We had it all figured out. Walking on. Robin Ruddy is our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Carry on. And you are still carrying on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, my heart goes out to you so much. I mean, um, I know it's hard what you, you went through. And Larry was just a great guy and your soulmate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I miss him every day. I bet you do. Yeah. You know. But uh, this record right here is important. And, and, and I think not only for you, but for, for everybody that, that's gone through loss of any any kind. That's uh, Healing Happens. And it's out there everywhere, right? Yeah, it's um, it's out on all the digital platforms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but if you want to support the arts, yes, you can go to robinruddy.com and Great. shop. Yeah, there's a shop there that you can buy either um, a digital version or a, a physical version. And there's also 
a healing happens journal that awesome. I, I created and um and a candle a little healing happens candle mm. and it makes a nice gift very nice for somebody that you know that might be uh, going through something like this I'm a vinyl junkie, so I guess is it, is it on vinyl? I don't have a vinyl yet. I don't know if I'll do that, but maybe yeah, I, yeah. I might consider it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So the website again is Robin Ruddy R U D D Y, and that's Robin with an I R O B I N. There you go. R U D D Y. dot com. Oh, there you go. You know, uh, author too. I read a book of yours not too long. I wanted to mention this earlier, yeah. but I forgot. Tell us about the book. Is it still out there? To be yes, with? it's still on it's Amazon. So cool. You can yeah. go to Amazon and, and find Coca Nuggets. Coca Nuggets. It's a cool book. Coca Nuggets: The Ten Secrets to Success in a Coconut Shell. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's adorable. A little business light book. It's yeah. it's it's a story. It's kind of almost like the old parables, uh-huh. and it's, all the characters are personified animals yep. except for one and um the that that character is a human but all the others are little animals and they have these they have roles to play into telling the story yeah and it's a you know it's a rags to riches story of, about entrepreneurship it's really something i yeah. really enjoyed that book yeah the other thing i wanted to touch on too uh, is the project you did with the country music hall of fame miss robin's uh, musical farm, farm. musical yeah. farm yes. that was so cool oh, i love that project yeah. that uh-huh. project makes me smile every time i yeah. listen to it yeah it's um it's called miss robin's musical farm mm-hmm. and it has songs that i wrote that are um each song is an educational somewhat educational or fun mm-hmm. song about an instrument that i play yeah. And it's got kids singing. It's a kids' oh, album. Yeah. And it's got kids singing, and it's, um, you know, there's the the kooky bazooki and the and the <laughs> bazooki. It's an interesting. Play instrument. the guitar, and it's got a mandolin, mandolin, and oh, it's got yeah. the five string banjo, like the banjo one. Five string banjo, ring ding dilio ring. <laughs> Why is this banjo only have five strings? One is short and the others are long. That's how we get the twang in a bluegrass song. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All stuff you've written too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah all stuff I've written. What a yeah! Cool and I got kids to sing with me on it, and it's just—it's adorable. Uh, that's it's, out there and available yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robin, thank you so much for taking this. I know how busy you are. Uh, thank you for having you me. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. Yeah. Now this seems to be the right time. <laughs> <laughs> and all the best with the new project as well. And this one thank as well. You. Uh, healing happens. Robin, ready your guest on the Songwriter Connection. Thank you, Dar. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.